When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome back to part two then of the episode. We've been chatting to the Man United boys in the first part. Interesting to hear their thoughts and we'll see if they're right as they predict a win or have they fallen into the same trap as Arsenal fans? We'll find out. Anyway, in the meantime, the second part with Robin and Andy still with us and Peter, of course, is to discuss the album in a bit more detail in general. So really to discuss the current squad um, and to talk through where we think we need to strengthen, what are the strengths and weaknesses, all that sort of stuff. So um, starting with goalkeepers, actually, um, I don't know if anyone's got any particular points on this. What I'm just going to start off by saying is that one I'm pretty happy with Ryan, I think his distribution's been a bit ropey recently. One thing we haven't mentioned before in pod. Um, but overall, we're pretty happy with him. We've got Button and Steel as backups, but we've got young goalies coming through who may or may not make the grade. Um, who's got a take on this, first of all? I mean, Robin, I think you were chatting off air just before, so um, do you want to take it from the top? Yeah, I, was, I mean, my, my sort of overall point is that there are other areas of the squad that I think need attention before the goalkeeper does, um, certainly. But if we are thinking about it, um, I am not. I haven't really seen enough of Button. I don't think anyone's really seen enough of Button generally to know what he's like. I, mean, I watched him at Fulham a few times. Decent enough keeper, but not really sure. Hmm. Walton, just I know we're saying off air. He's getting to the age. He's 24 now. Um, this needs to be the summer where he's got to come in and really challenge Matt Ryan, or we've got to get rid of him. Um, I think. I mean, you again. You're saying off air. Um, Apparently, the Blackburn fans not actually convinced with yeah, it at all. Interesting. From what I read on the forum, um, yeah, quite a lot were um, were not particular fans of him, and uh, and were mentioning actually if they were going to have an Albion keeper on loan, they'd rather have Sanchez. It's quite interesting, mm. I suppose. People in the EFL, you know, watching and realizing that he's not not such a, a great keeper, but actually, I mean, they're, they're done well. They're just outside the playoffs, aren't they, Blackburn? Mm. So he can't mm. have had that much for a terrible season, given the fact I think he's played most of the season for them so he's yeah. clearly not had that much of a negative impact yeah i mean for me as i was saying before um 
his body language, there's something slightly lacking conviction about him. I am a bit surprised to hear what you said about the Blackburn fans on the forums, though, because uh, I didn't really think he was struggling that badly. And as you said, Blackburn are doing reasonably well, given their squad as well. I mean, would they uh, want to keep him if they go up? Would yeah. they come in and want to buy him? That's the That's other the thing, yeah. potential angle, so what, isn't it? So, so we've got him. We've got Sanchez, who's been putting up trees and has been getting rave reviews, albeit in the division below at Rochdale. Um, He's sounding like a really good prospect. We've got this Carl Rushworth, isn't it, who's been at Worthing. Again, yeah. that's much further down the chain. But those guys, by all accounts, have got a lot of potential. They're showing a lot of promise there. Getting a good grounding in the real world, as they say. And obviously there's a long way to go and we'll see how it goes over time. But it seems like we're getting an abundance of goalkeepers, where, whereas we previously, and probably still now, have good centre-backs coming through. So what do we do? Do we make a decision on... Uh, Walton this season and also one of our current first team backup uh, goalies with a view to either having Walton take one of those three spots for the Albion itself or do we get rid of Walton to somebody for a fee and also one of Button and Steele and see if Sanchez can be the next one to potentially step through? Well I I would say Sanchez needs to go out on loan again next season um, ideally to a championship club. I also agree with Robin. Um, this goalkeeping is not an area that we really need to concentrate on in terms of our squad. Um, and that, but that's because Ryan, to me, is one of our best players. Um, he's, yes. he's a regular starter. I'm not quite so concerned as you are, Russ, for instance, about his distribution. I mean, he did have that um, horrible throw out against Leicester. Um, but he recovered that really well. And the, I mean, if, if you factor in the amount of times he's had to receive the ball, um, I think he's done really, really well. I mean, there are shortfalls to his game. His long kicking's not good. Um, you know, you compare that to, to the best goalies. Um, that's not very good. And, um, you know, many people like to pick on his height. He's not a commanding goalkeeper in the air in the box. Um, but beyond that, I, I think he's, he's top, top quality. In terms of the backups, it's for next season, it's two out of Walton, Steele and Button. Um, uh, mm. But there, I, from what I can see, there's a big gap between Ryan and any of those three. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I agree generally. I think. Well, I think Button did okay last year in that run of four or five games while Matt Ryan was away on yeah. internationals. I think he did. You know, he didn't do amazingly, but but I think I think the th- the issues. I never understand the Christians that Ryan gets on places like North Stand Chat because you wonder what people expect. It's like if if he was dominant in the air and his kicking was perfect and he could sh- you know, shot stop like he can, and he, he wouldn't be playing for us. Yeah, yeah, he would not be playing for us, and he certainly wouldn't cost five and a half million quid. So, yeah. I mean, I think the bottom line is if we were going to go out and say, fine, we want to try and find a, a, an upgrade on Matt Ryan, I don't think there are many that we could find yeah. that are in our price we, range we, and who would want to come. Yeah. We, we wouldn't. I mean, he's, he's beyond what we are, I yeah. think. Yeah, and he would, it would take, so. and we're quite lucky in that sense because I think his hype probably does put off bigger teams, possibly. So we, you know, he's but maybe... actually, and there's not that many times, I don't think, when he re- where his height really is a detriment to him. No. No, I agree. And, you know, probably his strongest point is his character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 He's certainly very much a, a good figure around the club, isn't he? Uh, 
a strong presence in the, five, in the draft. Five and a half million is an absolute steal. Yeah, it is. Mm. And I think conversely, yeah. the fact that he is shorter of stature actually has the effect that he is able, he's a lot more agile, isn't he? I mean, yeah. he's made a lot of saves where he's got down to either post very quickly yeah. that a keeper who's taller might not necessarily have got. I mean, yeah. he's, swings very, he's very quick coming off the line, for instance. Really, really yeah. quick. It is one-on-one record is about the best in the Premier League, I think, almost percentage-wise, yeah. isn't it? Mm. So it's, it's right up there in the top two or three, if nothing, if, if not top. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I think um, I would, um, I'd be, I'd be more than happy to keep him. Only other question yeah. for me on the goalkeeping side is, do we look at someone like Joe Hart who's coming out of contract to Burnley? No. Is no, no. 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 You can leave, Russ. You can, you can leave now. <laughs> I had to throw it in there because he's been. Let, let, let's move on from goalkeepers before Russ. <laughs> yeah, quickly. Any other suggestions? Yeah. Let's kill that conversation. Dead. <laughs> um, speaking of um, players being released um, or, or moving on, um, it's gone a bit under the radar, but Leon Balagon, who's been on loan at Wigan, has now left us on a permanent basis. That's gone right under the radar, as far as I could tell. Although I haven't been comprehensively on top of everything in the news this week, but uh, whatever the last he was time. out of contract. He was going to be out of contract in the yeah. summer. Yeah, um, so, so we we've, we've yeah. effectively just let him go a week, yeah. a week early. Yeah, bit of a shame, but ultimately you've got to got to be ruthless and look to strengthen all the time. And if you've got players like Ben White coming through, who rumours have it may not actually find his way into the Albion team by going further up the. Uh, Food chain potentially. He's still got there. Ostergaard, haven't you? He's looked. He's still got Ostergaard. Yeah, got, so Roberts um, is supposed to be very good Roberts as well. Is, yeah, excellent. Yeah. So. So I think there's a certain Clark. Yeah, exactly. Matt Clark is the forgotten one as well. Who's decent. Mm-hmm. Who's who's extended his loan at Derby for the rest of the season, of course. Um, so yeah, I think that's one thing. Knockarts. Now I know you guys, Peter and Robin, have been big advocates of him being missed this season and maybe should have still had a place. Um, he's been off colour this season. He's been in and out of the team a little bit. So yeah, I think I'd less so been, to be honest, I think Robin's more the... Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, I, unashamedly, I'd have him in the squad ahead of Solly yeah. March, and I still would. Even now? Even, I said that. Not, yeah, no, even now. Even yeah. now. Not okay. even a question. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Um, Andy, any views on the guys we've got on loan? So, so obviously, you know, people like Knockhart's, Clark, actually, I'm a little bit like um, Walton, by the way. I'm a little bit unconvinced with his body language. Something doesn't quite look that convincing in terms of top Premier League level we're talking about here. He's a, he's a good championship defender, no doubt about it. Um, but something doesn't quite look the Premier League top half of table, shall we say. Uh, he was great in the first few games. There was a game that was mm. televised on Sky for them in the first five or six games, can't remember who it was against, and he was man of the match, mm. and he was great. But I think he then he was then out injured for a while. I think he was yeah, out yeah. for a good couple of months without injured. Um, mm. But yeah, I mean, in general, I haven't seen enough of him this year to yeah. beyond that. that from what I've seen from Derby fans, he's done okay. And I suppose the other mm. side is he cost us five and a half million. He's homegrown, so to be forced twice centre half, you probably aren't going to play that much. Mm. It's not necessarily a bad thing to have someone who's a you know, relatively reasonable um, price. Could... Not high wages, I imagine, coming from League One. And yeah. yeah, and homegrown when you've got the limited quota that might go up at some point as well. Yeah, I mean, we could talk about awkward body language, but Dan Byrne isn't exactly a fashionable walker, is he, when he's <laughs> strolling around the pitch? Um, okay, well, we've mentioned goalkeepers. We're talking about defenders a bit here. So what, what are we looking at here? Defen- Defence-wise, I mean, I think everyone can agree that so far, so good from Lamptey. That, that was a brilliant debut. Um, yeah. Bernardo, I think, I don't know, Andy, your view on it, but certainly I know the other guys are as baffled as I am that he hasn't figured in Potter's thinking 
unless there's an underlying issue with injuries that we don't know about. What's your view on Bernardo? And do, do we need to be getting him back in the squad? or are we looking Yeah, at some... I'm, I'm similarly baffled with Bernardo. I mean, at, at, he, he hasn't featured in, what is it, the 20 in either of these two kind of post-lockdown games. Um, he, he looks, he's, he's one of our most athletic um, quickest players in the squad he looks like a really really good player um i'm i'm baffled um it's been mooted that perhaps he might have been one of the um players that had coronavirus which is what's mm. keeping him out of the squad but even if that was the case i i'm just surprised that he hasn't played more this season um i'm i think generally potter's got most things right when it comes down to it that's the one thing that I've got a question mark over and it makes me question my reading of Bernardo mm. um, I suspect that I've got something wrong in, in the way in which I evaluate him I mean he's comfortably our best left back that's yeah, the thing I mean, only, Dan Burn has done brilliantly back, really. yeah Dan Burn has done brilliantly but he is not a left back no. and he should not be playing there first choice Do you next think season. That's, that's what makes it even more baffling. He's our only left actual left yeah, back. Yeah, and he choice. can't yeah. get in the squad. And, and on the face of it, he should be a really kind of... You say he's quite athletic, he's young, he should be a Potter sort of player. Yeah, because really. he's sort of a slightly older version of Lamptey. Yeah. He's similar to Lamptey in, in those yeah. attributes. So to have, them, have that threat down both wings. Yeah, yeah. Both and the pace to get areas. back as well, if, yeah. if you lose the ball exactly. as well, to get back and defend. Not from like, the Shiloto school of tracking back. <laughs> Stand there with your head in your hands. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of which, Scalotto, I mean, it's looking increasingly likely he won't last the course now in with getting a new deal um, because of well, the fact that Lamptey's made his way. Do you think there's there's an argument developing here with Lamptey coming into the equation of looking at wing backs a bit more for next season? Um, and again, this may tie in with the whole Bernardo question. Um, obviously, that would help Scalotto as well, though, in a way. I, I wonder yeah. if my question is. Is it not Moscheloso who misses out? Is it Montoya who misses mm. out? Because do they do they give Shiloto a new deal, or try and play Lamptey as first choice, Shiloto as backup, and sell Montoya? Because Montoya again has not started either game since lockdown. You know, kind of since we came back from lockdown, he's he does he gets taken off an awful lot when he does start by. Possibly yeah, he's very dependable, times. isn't he? Yeah, I, I actually that, rate it's... him, but I he don't, I don't think Potter does. To be honest, Potter picks Potter tended to pick him in the big high pressure games mm. because he's very unflappable I guess if you played 100 and odd 150 odd times for Barcelona and you've got a Champions League winning medal um, mm. you can probably handle Sellers Park can't you but mm. he's I mean those are the games that he tended to pick him in because yeah. he, he's I'm not going to say he's limited he's sort of he's very unflappable he's sort yeah, his, of his crossing gets the job. yeah he gets the job done specifically as a defensively um mm. But, I mean, that is our level, isn't it? I mean, we can't be going out yeah. and signing swashbuckling mm. fullbacks. I just, I just wonder if they want to seems, raise but... money. They sell him and, and keep I mean, I mean he is. I think he's the most, he would be the most marketable of the bunch. Yeah. If mm. you were trying to well, get I mean, someone to you, come you in. You say but... swashbuckling, but, I mean, Scalotto looks the very definition of a swashbuckling player, doesn't he? <laughs> Long hair, the beard. He looks like a pirate, doesn't he? He's got an exotic name or an exotic nickname. It, but, well. yeah, it, it helps <laughs> if you can defend or attack. But he yes. seems can't do either of them. <laughs> it's, so. it's very hard not to like him, though. It's very hard not yeah, I mean, to like yeah, him. Yeah, for his up until well, up until Mopai, Mopai uh, sent Gendouzi out of English football, 
his uh, his winding <laughs> up of Wilf was the yeah. of the season, wasn't it? Really, but oh, that was wonderful. Yeah. If yeah, that had, if that game had, if that had resulted in if that game had gone a different way, if we'd have won that game and Shalotta had just done that to Zahar, then even Mopai's shit house mm, yeah. wouldn't really have topped that. Right, there aren't many players booked before they come on the pitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, what about centre backs then? So obviously, as far as it goes, Dunk and White in the same way from a different status within the club, are both a matter of, we'll have to wait and see what happens in terms of whether they move on. I think Dunk, I don't think anyone would begrudge him a move if he did decide he wanted to go somewhere. Um, I think he's a great player. I think he's a little bit underrated. Um, he's definitely a, a quality player that could, could step on even further. I think last summer was the I think last summer, was the summer if mm. he was going to go. Yeah. I was going to say exactly love, the same thing, funnily. Yeah, literally yeah. the same, yeah. I'd love him to stay for the whole of, entirety of his I career. I think he will. Uh, to be honest, I think, I think he, he will because I think he's, he's of the age now where he's had, a, he's had that sniff of England caps. For whatever reason, Gareth Southgate is, is not going to pick him. Oh, so, I mean, you're talking, <coughs> Sorry, you're talking about... I mean, I think in England have got a fairly good group of young centre-halves coming through as well at various age groups. So I think he's probably getting towards the age where he's not suddenly going to go from two caps to 25, 30 caps over the next five years. So if you look at that, career-wise, he's one of... I mean, I'd imagine he's one of our highest-paid players, if not our highest-paid player. Um, So therefore, it's basically, does he want to test himself in the Champions League? Yeah, I guess it's so. It's basically what we're looking at from a career point of view. And do you know what? I'm not necessarily convinced that that that's really going to be much of a, a pull. I mean, yeah. if he's captain of his hometown club, he is always going to be first. Well, he's going to be first choice if he stays here for the next, mm-hmm. you'd have thought, four, five, six years. Hmm. I, I mean, beyond someone coming in with silly that, money for him. I'm not yeah. convinced he's going to want to go. And that's hard to see this summer as well, because yeah, as you say, it's like, yeah. we're kind of the situation we're in. And what is he, 28? Gonna... I mean, he's 20, is he yeah. 28, 29? Yeah, now? 28 or 29. So, yeah. I mean, he's, he's, I mean, obviously he's coming into his prime as a centre half, but mm. actually in terms of clubs, I think you're right that the pandemic has probably meant that clubs are going to be looking for that signing for maybe two, three years time rather than now. Yeah. I mean, I can't see a, I can't see a natural vacancy at any of the the top six, really, I can't. Um, um, so I I think, as I say, I was conv- I was pretty convinced that he was going to go last summer, mm-hmm. um, and the fact that he didn't, I just I think that was the yeah. window for him to go. Really, do you think it was well, lack of interest last summer, or do you think he just uh, chose to stay? Or I think I think that he has he's obviously got a very very deep connection to the club. I think probably even further beyond what people would think. Mm. And I think that he was personally quite hurt by not the crit. Well, I mean, obviously we tailed off any criticism that was given for the latter part of last season was thoroughly deserved in terms of the playing side. But I think, I think he probably didn't want to leave the club off the back of Chris Hutton being sacked, you know, and, and being a very sort of, depressing end to the season Hmm. as much as he'd still have been a legend all of that I think Hmm. personal pride I think he I think he revels in the fact that he is the main man in terms of our defense and is he going to be if he's going to leave to go to a top six club he's going to want to go somewhere where he's going to play every week because at 28 Hmm. or 29 you're not going to go I can't see him leaving to go and be fourth third or fourth choice somewhere Hmm. else 
Yeah, I know. I mean, going if he was twenty-two, up. if he's Ben White, yeah. I can absolutely see Ben White going to Liverpool to be mm. their fourth choice signing, be yeah. their fourth choice centre back. Because that's, 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 that's a yeah, because he's twenty-two. Plan, isn't it? Yeah, and he can plan. see that Ben. You know, he can see mm. that Lovren's not going to be there forever. You know, mm. whoever else they've got is not going to be there forever. I can't see Dunk at twenty-eight or twenty-nine making a move where he's not going to be first yeah. choice. And I can't see him being first choice at any of the top six. Yeah. Andy, what's your take on it? On Dunk or White or... Uh, both, both or... actually, on both of them. Um, I mean, I, I, I kind of take what Robin's saying about Dunk. I, I think last summer was the time for him to, to move. I, I, I can't see any of the top six clubs going for him. You know, please don't go to Everton or West Ham, for instance. Lewis, mm. don't do that. Yeah. Um, White, you know, he, he, he looks absolutely stunning. I, I'm not convinced that um, going to Liverpool to be the fourth-choice centre-back is the right thing for him mm. at this stage of his career. Um, uh, you know, he'd probably get 10 games a season, something along yeah. those lines. Do you think he should have a season with Albion anyway, even if it's a loan back or something yeah. like that? I mean, to, that, to, to that might be an option that... Um, you know, if we've got White, then we've got a question about how we play with our centre-backs. Mm. And the, um, the ideal world for me, we'd, we'd have him for years to come, he'd be the new dunk. But the reality, and, and even better mm. than, I think he will become. But um, the problem with somebody of his quality, if he does have the, fulfil the potential that I think he's got, we won't have him for long. Does it unsettle things? If we yeah. stick with him and have him for a year or two and then he goes... But a lot of players come in for one or two years, don't they, in the Premier League? True, but true. Personally, yeah. I, I think we will sell a centre-half this summer. It's a matter yeah. of whether it's Dunk, probably not, as Robin said, he's probably gone past the Duffy or White. Is Duffy? Or exactly, is it Duffy mm. that we get maybe 10, 15 million for Duffy? And that or is it both? Money yeah, towards the bigger players. Could be, could, be, could, be, could be White and Duffy, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, we're well served with centre-backs. And Ostergaard's a hard one to, to tell because... Yeah. He's playing in the second level in Germany. He's doing very well. But yeah, I'd like to see him get a championship loan next season. Yeah, I think he's more like that. I mean, the elephant in the room about Ben White is as much as he's brilliant, he looks amazing. He's not played a minute in Premier League football. No. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I do yeah. think he's going to... I mean, I don't have any doubt that he's going to step up and be a great Premier League player, but... As of this moment, he's not played a minute of Premier League football. And that's the thing with someone at Liverpool. Do they risk 30 million when they weren't even prepared to pay like 45, 50 for Werner? Do they risk yeah. 30 million pounds effectively on a, on a reserve who've never played a Premier League minute of Premier League football? Or do they wait next year? Maybe, yes, you pay double, but you've at least seen that he's got a year of Premier League football behind him. Yeah, yeah well, I mean, the one thing Brighton? with it is Klopp likes a project, an individual, doesn't he? So maybe he would look to... It's thirty it's a million really a project, though. Thirty million is a lot of money to spend on a yeah, project. Yeah, I mean, I like. <laughs> helpfully, Leeds have done us a great favour in that they've massively bulked up his price tag for us. Yeah. Um, and I can't see, even given the pandemic, I can't see Tony, given the fact mm. he's got White's got two years left on his contract. So it's not even like he's got a year to go. He's got two years left. Mm. Um, I can't see us accepting. You know, I saw someone, the other, I saw a Liverpool fan the other day on Twitter saying that. One, thought that he was Leeds United's player, hmm. for one, which sums up Liverpool fans, number one. <laughs> number two... Don't read Liverpool fans he, on Twitter, uh, Robin. How many times do we have to tell <laughs> And he also put a price tag of more of £10 million. Pounds. Right. It's, okay. up, it's up there with the um, Aston Villa fan that we were discussing yesterday, who, was, uh, who, who thought that um, they, they should look for more affordable players in the summer, like uh, Albrighton at Leicester and Dunk. 
<laughs> That's why they they should have yeah. looked for players like that to stay up. I yeah, mean, and they should... would have helped them stay up, but yeah, he wouldn't have been mm. in their price range. Yeah, I can't imagine Pochettino would have gone for either of those two no. players. <laughs> no, <laughs> Pochettino. Yeah, they're Pochettino or Wenger. Uh, at least some of them are sensible. One, one says, actually, well, wouldn't be interested. Reading their web... wouldn't be able to get him. <laughs> reading their forum, they're actually up there with Leeds. You forget how arrogant and. Yeah. and crazy oh, Villa really? fans are but they are actually that, completely that, deluded. The, the, the thread they've got on there about not about uh, deliberately not doing a Fulham from last summer yeah it's hilarious it's absolutely amazing and even though they're going down they still claim they're not doing a Fulham even, even yeah it's like you are because you can't it's because you ship loads of goals and you can't score on it the other end yeah. that is textbook Fulham yeah it's, it's, it's a slight issue in football apparently that yeah not, not be able to score on conceding loads to bring the conversation back to our centre-backs. Sorry, yeah. Um, yeah, Duff, Duff has got to go, as far as I'm concerned. I, mm. I was never quite as big as a fan as um, many have been. And he deserves his fan club. Uh, he's, he's not a post player. Um, he deserves to be playing Premier League football. Um, but he's not going to get it under Potter. I think he should go to... Burnley or West Ham or something along those lines if West Ham actually managed to stay up. Um, mm. And we ought to get 10 or 15 million for, yeah. for him. And he's done a marvellous job for us. And he des- he deserved to be player of the season last season. Um, and we're in a very lucky position, a centre position like centre-half. We can afford to sell one, not need to buy anyone, and put that towards other positions like oh. striker, for example, or wingers even. Yeah, yeah, that's a good but point. My... Slightly more controversial point, which would um, perhaps rankle some of your listeners and, and probably the three of you as well, is I, I think Webster's um, a really good player, actually. Oh. Um, he's he, Unfortunately, he's had some howlers in mm. him, um, but I can see why he was bought. He's, he's a damn good footballer. He's extremely quick. Um, and if you play Duncan Duffy together, you can't play a high line. Potter wants mm. to play, wants mm. to push mm. further up the pitch, um, and that's why why I think Webster has been bought. Um, mm. Now, if he can if he can cut the, those mistakes out of his game, then you've got a damn good centre half. Yeah. Again, yeah. he's another one who's not played. I mean, we, it is easy to forget that this is his first season in the Premier League. Yeah, yeah, yeah. as well. And actually, yeah. he has got. I mean, he's, got, he's our. Second joint second yeah. highest goal scorer as well, isn't he? Yeah, as an aside, hmm. but I mean, that tackle he made in the Arsenal game, particularly, was yeah. absolutely fantastic. I mean, that, that is that textbook that, that one. Was, if you that get, was against Bamiang, I mean, that's yeah. that's about his pace. I mean, it's not well, if you get if you get that wrong, it's either a goal or a penalty and a red card. Yeah, yeah. it's hmm. it's one of it's, yeah. you know, it's either of those scenarios, and he nailed it. Yeah, I agree with you, Andy. His pace is absolutely brilliant, and I think. He's another one where actually, if he was consistently cutting out his mistakes and he was playing like mm. that, he's another one that's probably looking, upwards, you know, in a couple yeah. of years' time upwards, yeah. exactly. Because he's yeah. what, 24, I think. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, he is. Yeah. And again, in English, you know, like Peter was mentioning, as a homegrown, he's a player that's, you know, mm. he's probably not going to get an England cap unless he progresses very quickly over the next couple of years. So mm. if you're a team in the top 10, hopefully it'll be Albion, so we won't need to have this conversation but if you're a team in the top 10 you're looking for a homegrown centre half for the quota yeah you can, he fits the bill you have to yeah, do yeah, a lot, I think, rock, I think he was vilified he was unlucky that he had his two or three really bad games together 
So people really got on his back then. And he had a really solid start, I thought, generally. He made one mistake at Chelsea, but other than that, he was doing pretty well for the first four months. And then around Christmas, he had a couple of really dreadful games in the space of three or four. United game. Yeah, and he had another one I seem to remember as well. And everyone got on his back suddenly, as is the way with Brighton fans. You get on people's back at the minute. Well, it's quite similar. I would mirror him to Matt Ryan in that aspect. Yeah. Which is that Hmm. Matt Ryan, obviously, he he didn't start out so auspiciously. He had a couple of... So, but he was the same because he had that run of games at the beginning and people, obviously the majority of people have, have sort of come back round, but you still get an odd few that are seemingly still fixated on yeah. a run of three games nearly three years ago. So, And someone's yeah, also, you know. also people just, you know, it's a shot into the top quarter and people are like, well, you know, Ryan's hype was the reason he didn't get that or he but should no, have no reacted quicker. The saving that, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what are you, got game are you watching? Yeah, but I, I mean, do I think, think. Yeah, I think if Webster can cut out his errors, he's exactly. um, he's very comfortable on the ball, yeah. bringing the ball forward. He's obviously a threat at set pieces, um, and I think it's just confidence. I think probably yeah. well, this is it. being this able is, I, to be able to do it consistently at Premier League level, which he's I now think, getting there. Yeah, as you said, he it's it's his first season in the Premier League. You've got to give him time on that basis. He is a work in progress. He's getting used to a new level. Uh, he's got a, a new manager and that manager himself is getting used to the Premier League and, and the other challenges involved there. It's going to be a collective work in progress and I think we've got to give it time and see how it goes. I'm, yeah. I'm inclined to agree with you, Andy. I think he is a good footballer, very good footballer, and I think he will be a good player for us. I think he's the modern, he's a, a typical definition of a modern centre-back who is the kind of player that we want to be looking to develop and hope to get yeah. to the right level that we think he can get to. And he can be part of a, a bigger picture of players of similar ilk who can take us forward. We're going to have to v- develop a team over time here uh, of a collective of individuals who together can grow. And that's the way we could potentially get into the yeah. top 10 that Uncle Tony uh, wants. And I think that was one of Potter's job, wasn't it? He was yeah, brought in to yeah. make the squad younger. But yeah, I, yeah, it's very much, I agree with you, Robin, about, about um, Webster's confidence because that Sheffield United game, he made that mistake in about the 20, 30th minute or something like that. And yeah, you could see shot. after that, he never looked comfortable after that yeah, point in the game. Know, he looked really nervous. And, yeah. yeah, we need to know how good Potter's man management's going to be. I mean, that's the question mark. We don't know yet. It's hard but to I think, tell. I think the other point is, is that it's obviously, it's ampl- uh, those, that Sheffield United game and the subsequent games... It's kind of that was the trigger for us really taking a bit of a nosedive. So and actually, yeah. when your your mistakes are amplified when you're in a really tight relegation mm. battle. Now yeah. that we're, I'm not saying we're out of the relegation battle because we are very much still in it. But now we're kind of one step above it. You've almost got a bit of leeway that your yeah. mistake isn't suddenly going to be the difference between being in the bottom three and not being in the bottom three. And when you can't yeah. score as well, because if you concede the one goal with your mistake, you're probably thinking, well, that's probably my fault we lost now. Whereas yeah. if you've got yeah. a few, yeah, a couple of players who can score up front regularly. Yeah, it takes the pressure. You've got a good chance of getting back into it. We're talking about yeah. Aaron Can- Connolly with his uh, assist. You know, it takes the pressure off. You haven't got the crowd there. Uh, and likewise, if you haven't got the pressure of the intensity of just being a point or two either side of the relegation line, that can also let you relax. When you're a young player, they've got a lot to take on board. And if they can have a couple of those elements taken out of the equation, i.e. there's no crowd, there's less of a pressure on the relegation battle, you can maybe flourish a bit more. And if we could start next season, if we survive uh, well, and we, we take the initial pressure off next season, 
in the early stages. And, and, and again, we might be behind closed doors still. Um, I think that could possibly help us. Yeah. What would be but, very but, helpful is if we could win our two games this week, be basically yeah. safe, and then we could then play, um, around. Mm. play around with it for the last mm-hmm. how many, five, five games after that. Yeah. Especially the final three where we don't have to worry about any of the teams yeah, having anything to, to do play anything, for. Yeah. Well, actually not the Liverpool and City do either, actually. Yeah. They just, no, well, they just might thrash us if they, we want to tip, take the piss. I think this a is a, a good debate. In terms of the squad, what I think we're going to do is we'll probably reconvene in terms of the midfielders and forwards on another show because I think that's going to take quite a bit of time to go through as well. Um, Dale but, Stevens, cough. <laughs> exactly, yeah, there's that and more. But what we can do just for the last few minutes is maybe just steer things in terms of a discussion on tactics, um, in terms of what we, what we think is good and bad of this season, if there's any points anybody wants to make, and also current areas of the squad for improvement, because obviously we've got to be looking at some kind of uh, strengthening during the summer. We've talked about possible people we might move out, but what do we look at? I mean, I guess we're talking strikers here anyway, so that, that kind of brings it into the striker debate. Um, but what particular targets are we looking for? I'd love to get side Ben Rama, by the way, and Robin, I know you're a massive fan as well. I think he's probably going to end up being out of our league because he's doing too well too soon, isn't he now? He's going to Villa, and isn't he? he? May, yeah, <laughs> and he also he may well be playing in the Premier League anyway. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's true. If they go up, I mean... They're not going to sell their best. They're not going to sell their best player as soon as they get promoted. And he might feel obliged to to honour it. But uh, yeah, I don't think. Are there any other players you think realistically that we could and should be looking to get um, in general, particularly in regard to goalies and defenders, but um, but in general, um, and anything tactically you've noticed that you think we could be looking at changing. I think one, the one thing I would, if you'd have asked that question a few weeks ago before lockdown, I'd have said, and it's the one thing I've mentioned it ages ago, back when I was very negative about things, um, <laughs> that it almost looked to me like we'd been coached out of taking shots. Mm-hmm. And we were almost, we were looking not to score the perfect goal, but it was almost like no one wanted to take the responsibility of having a shot. And you'd be in a situation where the easier option was to have a shot but we would still take the harder option of playing a pass but since we've come back I don't know whether it's the personnel that he's picked I don't know what it is but we've seen a lot more confident in attack generally mm. so I don't know if he's been working on attacking patterns in training or whatever it is but we don't seem to have that reticence and I mean again it might be the fact that we've suddenly got a bit of breathing space so actually we're not suddenly in that pressurized bit which I think in the latter days of Hewton where we really were spiralling towards relegation. I think it was, no one won, bizarrely, no one wanted to take the risk of being the hero and end up as the villain by having a shot that ended up in Roseanne. Yeah. It's a yeah. very bizarre, it's almost the opposite to what you think, because you think if you're in that situation, everyone would be gunning to score the goal to keep you in the division. But it was almost Absolutely. like no one wanted to actually take the risk of doing that. So I think by virtue of picking up those four points and I think what we've worked on over lockdown, we do seem to have a bit more of a, not a swagger, but we've got a bit more of a confidence, certainly yeah, in the attacking third that we didn't have I'd before. I'd definitely go along with that, yeah. And Andy, I mean, you, you're in the West Upper with me, the, well, directly opposite end to where I am, but effectively the same sort of view. It's a good view, isn't it, for reading the game, looking at the patterns of play, getting an overall bigger picture of the match. And um, we have the privilege of that, at least, for where we are. And you're, you're big on tactics and seeing how formations work and how games develop and change. What, what, what have you noticed this season in general 
that's good and bad and what do you think we need to be looking to do that we're not at the moment? Well, um, yeah, there's there's lots to bring in here. I mean, in terms of what we we need to improve the squad, it's the obvious one. It's a striker, but also I think a kind of winger stroke wide forward as well. Mm. That's those are the two positions that I'd really like to to see us get. But and this summer might be the best time to to do it mm. um, because the market is supposed to be depressed and so forth. And, you know, Tony's invested enough money as it is, but he, he might, you know, he's a shrewd businessman. He'll probably see this as a good opportunity. Um, uh, Potter's fascinating to watch in terms of tactics formation and, and that kind of thing. Um, I, I find it quite difficult to work out at times. I mean, in that Arsenal game, we kind of started off kind of, Four, three, two, one, didn't we? Um, that kind of formation uh, in the first half when we weren't quite so good, um, and then he brought Solly on at half time, and we kind of went three stroke five at the back, mm. uh, and then if you saw where Solly played, he moved all over the place. He he was playing kind of right midfield for a while, um, and then he went back to play as a kind of wing back type position on the left as yeah. well and of so this course, has got to be a remit hasn't it he's been yeah and, and Connolly had come on so we we moved to mm. two up front um yeah so I, I think in that second half there was probably three or four different formations that Poss played but I, yeah. I couldn't precisely pick them them out um where I, I suppose what surprised me a little bit about his formations is He's played kind of a conventional 4-4-2 or 4-2-3-1 an awful lot. But um, he's, unlike Hewton, his wide players are extremely narrow, extremely narrow. I'm, not, I'm certainly not convinced about Gross and um, Moy starting as our wide players um, mm. at all. Uh, and the player that we haven't been speaking about who I really, really like and extremely excited about is Al Zate. But we, we may mm. come on to that when we talk about midfield yeah. and, and yeah. so forth. But uh, yeah, um, of late, it's Basuma that's really um, uh, his, his the informed player and he's performing to the standards that we know his ability uh, um, matches effectively. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. And certainly you mentioned Alzate. I think his flexibility as a player, I know that can be a, um, a bit of a burden in a way uh, for young players trying to develop and establish themselves. But but having a player as flexible as that, and if we've got a, two or three of those, that can really, uh, really open up the tactics and the flexibility in game, which, as you've already alluded to, Potter already does. And if, if that opens in that extra element, I think it's, it's great. But it, I mean, Alzate is so confident and audacious yeah. on the ball. He really on the ball, is. he seems to have time, doesn't he? Which all those really good quality players do. Yeah. And Potter's the antithesis of Hewton, isn't he? Really, in terms of he really is so flexible within game. That, uh, at uh, times, he's almost too far the other way. Too much. It can be too much, yeah. So, yeah. Especially yeah, when it's game to game, you don't really see the you know you see like four or five mm. changes after a good performance, and you think. Yeah. Is we can really forgive him that, as long as he doesn't yeah. get us relegated. We can yeah. forgive him that. And, and oh yeah, I mean, it's not know, a criticism particularly. Not. I think 
He just maybe needs to kind of a little bit slow it down a bit sometimes. Well, and, and... I, I think this might be why we've started quite well since the lockdown, mm. because he's had three months to get into the player's head, you know, yeah. to get his yeah. ideas across. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it probably is. Him and the coaching team have just been talking to the players, explaining what their ideas are. Yeah. Um, Second yeah. pre-season sort of thing, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think lockdown... Five, five subs is, is, is ideal for Potter. Yeah, yeah really he's, he's actually yeah. admitted to benefits him, doesn't it? Yeah. I, I think the transfer-wise, though, this summer is going to be really interesting because hmm. some teams, I think, will have no money and they'll lose out. You know, for example, and I think in the battle for the top six, I think Arsenal and Tottenham might struggle quite a lot based on suggestions of what they've got to spend compared to like Chelsea and Man U. Um, hmm. But I think, you know, with Bloom's funding, we could really benefit this summer. And it'll be interesting to see whether we, and it's not Bloom's way, whether they really go out on a striker replacement for Murray, like, I don't know, 30 million quid or something like that. Or maybe they get a couple more like Malpay who are maybe able to add maybe eight or nine goals each because this whole idea of a 20-goal striker in the bottom half actually is a bit of a myth. And often I think, I think this will be the year that they, that they really try and get someone in because I think they've tried the other route for hmm. a couple of summers before. Yeah. If you could get I a think... couple more Malpays, though, with nine or ten yeah. goals, actually yeah. that would make up for not getting a 20-goal striker. Yeah. Or whatever, which... I think yeah. if I you mean... really want to have, if you want to have serious aspirations of being in the top ten, and it depends, obviously, Tony's said it, he wants to be in the top 10. It just mm. depends how, he's not said how quick, obviously, he's not going to put himself in a position where he's going to say, I want to do it in a, mm. you know, yeah. a set window. But if he wants to do it in, say, I don't know, the next two or three seasons, he wants to be in the top 10. I think sooner rather than later, he's going to have to gamble on, on maybe a slightly different strategy. But I mean... It depends that we don't know how the market's going to be. Obviously, mm. Chelsea have already spent big on two players during the, you know, during the so the sort of the depression in the market. But I don't know. I mean, if we're financially stable enough compared to other clubs, we may benefit that we may mm. be able to pick up some players cheaply from another club, or yeah. we may be able to compete for players that previously we wouldn't be able to. It's going to be fascinating just in general to see what the market's like. Yeah. More and there's the less, a lot less time than normal, probably as well. Yeah, I imagine exactly. there's only a lot less like time to do stuff. Really, only a month and a half, two months. Yeah, the value of potentially pulling off two or three lampty style deals of getting really good value for money mm. um, might be the way, another way of, of developing us forwards to get towards that top half. Um, it's going to be fascinating to I, see. I wonder if we'll dip into the championship again as well. Someone like not necessarily, mm. um, you know, someone like Watkins if Brentford don't go up would be an interesting yeah. one potentially. He looks a real. You know, ready to go up. He's got a similar sort of goal record, I think. Than I think we've probably moved on from Mitrovic, given his thuggery oh, again over yeah. the weekend, which he's now got a yeah. three-game yeah, ban for. I'm I think I say, he'd, he'd actually be ideal in a lot of ways, but yeah, you can't trust him. To... No, because I was saying, as we we're saying on the WhatsApp group, he has he's sort of reformed in that he hadn't done that for a while, hmm. but he's clearly still got it in him because that yeah. was his worst. That was just that like, was just dreadful, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. For anyone that doesn't know, he elbowed Ben White, our, our guy. Um, early in the game, wasn't it? Very early in the yeah, game. About, yeah, first five minutes in, pretty much. Wasn't yeah. seen by the ref, but uh, he's been subsequently banned, has he? Is that right? Yeah, three banned. Yeah, he's, three got, he's had a three-match ban, and he's pretty lucky that it's only three, to be honest. Yeah, yeah it was pretty so obviously, you know, you know, with intention, it wasn't... Like it wasn't even one of those ones where he's gone up for a header and led, and led with an elbow. He's literally just swung his yeah. elbow at him. Yeah. Sorry, Andy, you were going to say something then? Uh, I, I was going to ask about whether he had got the ban, actually. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, he has. He's definitely three, three game ban today. I'm rightly so, really, because that's, that's ridiculous. It should um, be more than three, because it's just yeah. an assault. 
guys, we're coming towards the end of the show. Just um, as, as we mentioned earlier, we'll, we'll do another one or maybe more than one show talking about the rest of the squad. So midfielders, attackers, maybe some other ideas, targets that we might want to talk about. Um, I think there's quite a bit to talk about youth and academy-wise as well. Maybe we, ideally we can get someone from the club on. I don't know if that would be possible. But um, one thing we did do was we got David Weir on the Q&A for Seagulls over London the other day, the last of a number of Q&As that they've um, offered us, which has been brilliant, and thanks to the club for that. We've had all sorts of people on, haven't we, Peter? We've had Paul Barber twice. We've had Dan Ashworth. Um, we've had uh, Graham, Bar uh, Graham Potter. We've had um, Bruno and uh, Andrew Crofts, Bobby Zamora, Steve Sidwell, all sorts. It's been absolutely brilliant, and I have to commend the club for that. It's, it's really helped us get through lockdown, and maybe it's helped them, I don't know, in a weird sort of way. But uh, the last of those was David Weir, who's, what's his role? Is it his player liaison? The, no, the loan manager, isn't he? Loan manager, that's yeah. it, yeah. I don't the know club. if that's his official job title, but yeah. that's basically what I, he does. He was a tough, rugged centre-back at Everton, is the way I remember him. Mm. I'm not sure if I'm remembering that right. But he came across as a pretty discerning, articulate, intelligent guy. So there's certainly more to him than the the on-field persona may give you. Um, he came across pretty well. He was very good value. And um, again, it was, it was an interesting in interview with him. And he essentially was um, just saying there's a lot of things going on. There's a lot of things they're working on to improve, constantly looking to, to sharpen things up. Um, but they think there's a good setup going on there. And we'll hope that that's the case and we'll get some more good players in. Um, so anyway, thanks again to the club for that. Just wanted to ask if there's any other points from you guys before we sign off. I've got cliche of the week coming up as well. We've had, um, first of all, we had difficult place to go bingo, which is my favourite. I think we're up to 70 for the season, according to my geeky counting I've been doing, mm -hmm. after Cheltenham were regarded as a difficult place to go. I think it's the intimidating cobble cutouts they had. For the Although playoffs, it didn't maybe. prove to be the case, seeing as they then got stuffed by Northampton. Yeah, yeah who have now the just stuffed whoever they were playing in the final. by four, wasn't it? And then they got beaten 3 0 at home. Um, the second one was teams like Brighton, which I think is a recurring one that will carry on for the rest of the season and probably forevermore. Tonight, I think, given the relegation battle, we've mentioned earlier three points collectively achieved by 13 games uh, from our five rivals. We've got four points from two games. Too good to go down? Well, I'm not sure any of them are too good to go down. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, the, the question that I was going to ask was, I wasn't going to say who do you hope goes down because I think mm. we can all answer that in various ways. Who do you think is going to go down? Yeah, um, uh, I think question. Norwich, obviously, Villa, and Bournemouth have so, been so dreadful generally since lockdown. Yeah. I think it's going to be them. I, I think, I think I might be agreeing with Peter. I think the same. I, Norwich just looks so poor. I'm willing them to do well because I think they'll struggle next year, and they're a nice club. So on one hand, I don't know this. Oh yes, I want Norwich to stay up. Yeah, but, yeah. but and they might be strugglers. Some someone we need to worry about next year, maybe. But I think Norwich will go down. Villa, yeah, and I think Bournemouth. There's something quite dejected and downbeat. Bournemouth running is absolutely horrendous. It's awful. Yeah, it's they, basically they've got, got they've got Bournemouth have got Newcastle on Wednesday at home. Yeah. And if they don't win that, then I think they're basically as good as down. Because after that, they've got, they've got really Spurs, down. United, yeah. Leicester, those three after that. And then I think they've got Southampton in a derby after that. And then they finish. I think they've got, no, they've got to go to City as well. So they've got yeah. a really tough yeah. run. And they've got quite um, a good record against Saints, but nonetheless, that's not going to be I mean, I think there. Saints at the moment are looking really good. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, the games Gally I've seen them. Looking good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think yeah, I would I, say probably 
I mean, I just can't see. I think I think West Ham have got a bit more about them than Villa. I mean, Villa just looked mm. in that game against Wolves. They're just not beyond good Jack Grealish running from side to side, keeping the ball. Yeah. Um, they really are poor. Even the signings we thought yeah, they yeah. might be quite good have not done I think it West Ham will probably drag themselves over the line, but I do think it yeah. will come down to that final day. Yeah, I think West Ham are at home to Villa. If it wasn't for Grealish, I think Villa would be down already, yeah, to be honest. Yeah. Well, and, I, mean, um, I, I think that Watford will stay up, but um, as we said earlier in this episode, or perhaps in the last episode, um, I think they may well be a candidate to go down next mm, season I think they've got an aging squad really yeah um uh, I think they'll probably just stay up so it it leaves I mean Norwich are obviously down so it's two from three I would mm. say um uh West Ham have got the easiest running um but the atmosphere there seems toxic it seems really really toxic and they don't look up for the fight at no. all um no, agreed as it stands, it feels like the two least worst teams are going to stay up rather than the two yeah. teams yeah, on best form. Yeah, I think form. it does. It could come down to goal difference. Yeah. Yeah, year. maybe. And, in, and they're all quite of... tight, unlike us. They're all like kind of around 17, 18, 20 or something like that, aren't they, I think? But I just can't see where Bournemouth... I mean, Bournemouth are obviously in turmoil. They've lost... Yeah. Ryan. I know Ryan Fraser hasn't done much for them, but obviously they've lost yeah. Ryan Fraser. Yeah. Callum Wilson's suspended for two Callum games. Callum Wilson's <laughs> out for two games now, but I mean, help, yeah. I suppose it would have been useful. He's not done much. Recently, no. but I mean, it would have been useful. Well, they can always bring Solanke in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He was such a good, but that's been value for money, the issue they? for them. Their defence has always been pretty suspect, anyway. Yeah. But their attacking options haven't goals. really scored. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you yeah. don't have your attack on on full yeah. volume. And they've mm. never been the sort of team to grind out one 0 wins. They've never been that mm. sort of like like we end of last season where we didn't win, but we we ground out about two or three draws that yeah. kept us up in the end. And they've and never been able to do that. Yeah, I could spirit. see. I could see. That's why I could see West Ham grinding out a few draws to mm. stay up. Yeah. Um, but I mean, well, I, I'm not. I'm not so sure that they'll grind out draws. I, I think they will probably pick up some victories actually. Because they, they've they, got the best. They, they've got the best squad of that bunch down there. They should. They, they've got the best running as well. Yeah. They um, need Haller back though, and he's out apparently for yeah. a couple more games maybe or something. Right, I mean, don't, going yeah. on to the who'd like to go down, it would be ideal. I think for various reasons I won't go into, Villa, West Ham and Bournemouth with Norwich somehow finding some form. Yeah. Um, I don't Sadly, if Norwich find that form, one of them will probably involve beating us. So I'm not yeah, sure you can wish that. that. <laughs> yeah, so there, there we go. But we'll I, mean, see. I do think, I think on the Bournemouth point, I think that once they go down, I don't think they'll be back no, for no. a very long time. I think they're more likely to end up in League One or League Two. Mind you, Villa, if they go down, they're going to be in such a pickle. Villa are going to fail financial fair play, but obviously, as we know, the EFL, it's not really worth the paper. That that could set them back years. They could be in a Sunderland scenario, couldn't they? And they'll lose really well. If they actually get punished for it, um, it's the first thing. But I suppose they'd make a lot of money, wouldn't they? I mean, they'd sell Grealish. They'd probably sell Tyrone Mings, would probably be worth a bit of money. They've got players in the squad who they would be able to make money from. I mean, if we needed a midfielder, I'd take McGinn. He looks like a good player. Yeah, he does, yeah. And apparently uh, Douglas Luiz has done okay generally for them. He, looks he, like he looked like the tidy... He, in the Wolves game, to me, he looked like their best player. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. but. yeah. yeah I, I've seen most... Of the, since lockdown, I've seen most of the teams around us. And I take a slightly different view on Villa. Um, they, they look as though they're fighting, they can't score. I think their big problem yeah. is that they're predictable because... They everything has to go through Grealish. Yeah. He's such a show pony. 
Um, and I, I don't know whether he'd be in, indulged to that extent if he went to a bigger club. Oh, he won't be, yeah. It could be like no. Zaha in the end, quite easily. Um, you know, he, he, he's, he's a big been fouled like 150 pond, times or something in yeah, the season. I mean, he's, he's, like, he's, he's yeah. a brilliant ball carrier. He really is. But he's a good player. He, but... he doesn't have that vision that Bruno Fernandes does, for instance. Yeah. I mean, I, I, Kevin De Bruyne or David Silva. Or... I mean, even James Madison, who they yeah. was comparing with, I'd rather have Madison over Greenwich yeah. if I was yeah. picking one or the other. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, I agree with that as well. I think they, they look a very poor team. Again, it's this thing of the, the name precedes them and people assume they're a little bit more in the mix than they are. And I, I think they look very poor. I think they're very toothless up front. And Grealish aside, they've got nothing creatively. And also, they, their transfer strategy has been non-existent. Yeah. It just seems to have been a total scattergun. Throwing money around. There was a, they were listing on their, on their forum the other day about eight players who between have been dreadful. And of course, like well over 90 million, apparently, or something like yeah. ridiculous like that. I mean, because um, Wesley yeah. was... I think Wesley was quite a lot of money. He was 20 10, million. 15, yeah. 20, I think, wasn't he? Yeah, and um, obviously they signed marvellous Macamba, who's anything but marvellous, mm. as far as I can see. From, <laughs> well, I've seen him play. Up there with Leon Best. Yeah, Minks was a lot of money. Douglas Louise was a lot of money as well. Douglas Louise was 15 million. But the problem they had... The issue they had, and I think Leeds will have it as well, for all the fans that they've had seen to think they'll be top half and cruising towards the Champions League, is they had a lot of loan players last season. It cost them like 70 million or something like that to get their loan players. People mm. like Mings and that sort of thing. To keep well, them on cost a lot of money. The season before. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's why they've had to spend a lot of money just to keep the same squad. And that so leads to not so much Fulham. money. Yeah. They and I realize doing a Fulham. Yeah, <laughs> they really are. Yeah. Um, just, just to finish off then, a couple of things. Um, first of all, for what it's worth, two mid-table sides playing tonight. Uh, the C word have lost at home to Burnley. Um, oh, wow. And, and me scored, which is nice. So, uh, Mr. Speak Out About Racism, fair play to him. Good, glad he got that goal. Um, second thing is, it's Monday night. We're playing tomorrow night, 8.15, home to Man U. Let's hope we can get a win, boys. Are you looking forward to the match? Nervous? No? I'm more, I'm more relaxed than I would have been. I think I would have thought I'd be before lockdown, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. It has just if literally got gone those four points. Yeah. Or like other teams had got a few one, wins. Yeah. yeah. Or other teams had got a couple been, of wins. Yeah, it would have been an awful game. But as yeah. it is. Um, I'm still genuinely stunned we, about the whole post lockdown results going on. <laughs> if we win tomorrow, we're basically safe. Yeah. yeah. I think. Or, or turning it around. More likely win on Saturday, I think. Yeah, because the man you guy in the other episode said we need two wins, but. I don't uh, think we, I think we need with four our goal points. difference. I don't think. Yeah, four yeah. points. Four points today. I think if we get what are that four points would take us to thirty-seven, wouldn't it? Yeah, I think goals. actually thirty. I think thirty-six would be enough. To be honest, I wouldn't want to oh, try so it. Thirty-six would be yeah. So they say, yeah I think thirty-six would be enough. Yeah, because as it is, you're looking at even if we don't pick up another point, you're looking at the you're looking at the you're looking at Bournemouth. Villa and West Ham needing to get three results mm. yeah, exactly. in their last and that and that's the big games. point it's not just only one team needs to get the results like we yeah. Cardiff last year it's really three out of four yeah basically. I would I would be worried now if we were if we were one about if we were 16th or 17th now and we yeah. were six ahead I'd be worried mm. because I'd be thinking it, yeah but it's three out of four team teams in dreadful who have form been consistently to dreadful it around, as well yeah, yeah. Mm. That's what I, think. I mean we may have enough points now yeah, yeah, exactly. We might That's prove to be enough. 
It just might be relaxing to have this. No, but it's not the Brighton way. We'll probably go and lose the next two and then nick a result later on or whatever. We'll probably lose every game up until the Burnley game and need a point or something. (laughs) And then win with a a controversial VAR. We'll we'll probably lose every game other than the Liverpool game. Yeah, I was going to say, or we'll lose the next two and then somehow beat Liverpool when they don't quite turn up. (laughs) Yeah. Well, we'll see. But let's hope we can get the win tomorrow and that'll make us all a lot more relaxed. Guys, thanks very much. We'll, we'll reconvene. Yeah, we'll talk about midfielders. We'll talk about strikers, the youth academy, and a few other bits in due course. But for now, thank you to Andy Knott. Thank you to Robin Woolley. Thank you to my cohorts, Peter Marsh. Thanks, boys. Yeah, Stand or fall up the album. Sports Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.